0: Oh, wait. It's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Matt gives to Lyles. Catch and shoot three. Got it! Trey Lyles! cold blooded rookie from Kentucky for the right side! Surprise! I lied! I'm here! It's the June 16th edition of Locked on Jazz. Debbie Downer on the NBA Draft. A minor discussion of why the Jazz actually might not have as much cap space as you think. Talk around what else the NBA game six tonight and prepare you for that, plus a few other little notes around the league. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. ba dum bum 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 how? How are you? Uh, I was planning to not be here today because uh, I was going to be at my daughter's golf tournament. But uh, with Deontay Davis coming into town, uh, I've decided that uh, I wanted to go see that. So I'm missing my daughter's golf tournament today. She's had me around enough. Uh, and hopefully there'll be plenty more. So, And my wife's perfectly good at handling it. It's not a big deal. Not like I deserve a medal or anything like that. But I'm going to go. Uh, make sure I can go watch Deontay Davis so it gave me a chance to do Locked On Jazz. Can I share with you super exciting news? The Locked On Podcast Network is developing and have solidified Locked On Celtics, Locked On Bulls. We think we're close on Locked On Nuggets and Warriors. Locked On Pelicans and Locked On Magic are all done. The hope is to have all 30 NBA teams with a model Similar to Locked On Jazz, couldn't be possible uh, without the work you guys have done to support this, uh, make it what it is. Uh, really, guys like Devin Cash, who've been the first to advertise on it, uh, and his real estate company. So thank you uh, very much to everyone uh, involved who's uh, been supportive and and helped this grow. So I, I, I cannot thank you enough um, for that. It's really cool. Really, really exciting. Locked on golf also exists. Locked on NBA as uh, Mike Schmidt's two-part interview about the draft. I'm going to be a total Debbie Downer on the NBA draft today, kind of as a point of a show, not really entirely how I feel on it. Um, But I wanted to – it's kind of where I am a little bit in the process, kind of often am at this point. And uh, so anyway, uh, just wanted to to get that out. It's a big thank you to you guys. Really, I couldn't do it Um, – You know, really couldn't, simply, without your guys' amazing support, none of these things would have happened. So that's that's the cool thing about it. So anyway, thank you very much. Thank Thank you, 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 thank you. Let us pin across the world to start it off today. We go to Emmett Golden Marks, who is a Jazz fan in Boston. And boy, is the Boston Globe on fire today. Wow. Boston Globe four-page editorial about the uh, A-15 rifle and hair tweeting out the name of every single person killed by an assault weapon since the assault weapon uh, ban was lifted. Uh, Pretty impressive. Uh, Anyway, Emmett Golden Marks uh if my name sounds familiar that's because you read my twin brother's Jesse's email when the jazz played the pistons it did he's the guy getting the doctor degree in uh michigan uh maybe we'll be uh f- first pair of brothers to be pinned like him i'm an astronomy phd student but at boston university wow like what did you guys do at dinner when you were kids like little like dinner outside every night like who ends up with two astronomy phd students wow what a family uh My uh, jazz story is a bit different. As a kid, I was a casual NBA fan, pretty much splitting time between a variety of teams who were on TV in upstate New York. My jazz moment really became when the freshman at Brown University, my brother and I watched the Jazz Lakers playoff series. And though the jazz lost, I fell in love with that team. A couple of years later, I found your podcast, uh, which have been ever a hook since. I'm going to my first jazz game. This was written in February. I'm still behind on some of them and just grabbing old ones. On Monday, and uh, and super ironically, I work in an office here with another jazz fan who grew up in Utah. I just want to thank you the awesome podcast. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. That is Emmett Goldenmarks, and he says, In Peace. And that was written on February 24th, and that is still apropos, maybe more so uh, today. So thank you very much to Eben Goldenmarks. All right, let us do the Locked on Jazz tip-off story of the day. Debbie Downer, if you text me, that's my phone thing. I am not I, I, I vow to not be a negative Nelly. However, I gotta tell you, right now where I stand on the 12th pick, I haven't found anyone I love. Now I watched Deontay Davis last night and I'm closer to falling in love with him than any player I have uh, so far. But the way this draft is playing out right now, uh, is that there's eight players that are set, and then we just don't know what's going to happen with picks nine, ten, and eleven. Uh, right now, Chad Ford did the late last mock draft, and this was probably the most encouraging scenario for the Jazz. Uh, but it's not. Toronto's at nine; they don't have a dire need. Milwaukee is at ten. I wouldn't say. With their roster, they have a guaranteed need. And Orlando's at 11. I don't think they have uh, one either. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting uh, situation where you're just going to have to figure out who everybody likes. Uh, Chad did a nice job, and I'm going to try to hook up with him next week about Toronto, that he basically, they need power forward and shooting uh, on that. And he feels that they may go to Henry Ellison. But let's let, let's walk through these guys here for a second and why. So Henry Ellison is seven feet two forty-two, who supposedly is a stretch for. As Mike Schmitz points out, he's got. some am I'm, I'm being totally negative on everybody, by the way. And let's be clear about something here. I don't necessarily think these are the overriding features on everyone, but it's part of the reason why I'm just not totally in love with this pick right now. Um, and I haven't watched a ton of Ellison, I need to watch more. But one thing on Ellis is, is um and and let's realize that if these guys didn't have these flaws, then they either would be the greatest draft ever. or These guys would all go 6. But frankly, I didn't think Trey Lyles had some of these flaws. His lack of athleticism, Miles Turner had a body issue. So at the same point last year, I probably could have been equally negative Nelly uh and wouldn't Have played out. So Ellison's nice because he's 19 years old and he's a legit seven feet. He's supposed to be the stretch four. He shot 29 percent from three last year. Like that, you know, as one scout said to me, I really like Ellison, except for the fact the ball doesn't go in the hoop. Uh, Well, that that's a pretty big deal. Now you try to dig into him a little bit and try to figure it out whether or not he's there. And here's what gets interesting. From the jazz then but see as much as I'm trying to be negative it's hard for me to really do do be negative if, if, if you look at the first eight are all going and now you're at nine 10 11 I think it's unlikely that may, maybe maybe this is going to be how it works but right now it seems to me unlikely that you're going to end up with Pirtle, Ellison and Davis going in that order. Now, maybe, maybe you are. And if you like Ellison at all, then you're getting a big that's actually not terrible. You know, that has a chance because uh, there's different little feelings on why you might like Ellison versus why Impertal's pretty solid um, along the way. And, and there's, a, there's a level to Ellison where, you know, if you just kind of dig into him a little bit and, and give him not be so negative – Uh, he's got some aspects of him that you like. But the the concern on Ellison, he shot 33% on jump shots. He shot 34% on catch-and-shoot guarded. He shot 36% unguarded catch-and-shoot. All right, so he's supposedly a stretch four, and the ball doesn't go. I'm just being negative right now, but it's worth kind of walking through. All right, so Jakob Pertl... uh, I think it's unlikely that Jakob Purtle gets to twelve, and he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. Frankly, he's kind of injury is he may be a backup center, not a starting center, um, but he's got some passing. He moves fairly well. He can defend in some interesting fashions. Uh, maybe, maybe he's he's able to get there. De- Deontay Davis looks to me like a young Derek Favors. Uh, and, and that's exciting to me. He's got an incredible body. He moves beautifully all around the perimeter. He looks like he can defend. He protects the rim. He's a multiple-action guy. I didn't think Ellison, a little bit, I've watched him as a multiple-action guy. That's an incredibly important aspect in, in bigs, and that's what Cantor can't do, what Gobert can do, what Favors can do, is they can jump out on the pick-and-roll, get back to the rebound, alter a shot, still come up and get a shot and a rebound. Those are... Those are really special uh, skills to have to be the multiple action guy. And I think that Davis is a multiple action guy. Okay, but I've yet to see Davis take a shot. I've yet, other than a little jump hook in the lane, I've yet to see him dribble. I've yet to see him pass. Uh, He's... 19 years old maybe he doesn't do those things yet uh, but I want a big who can pass the basketball like I think you've got to be able uh, to move the basketball right That's where we are in the game and so all right well then I'm not entirely in love I mean according to synergy Davis took 13 jump shots all year eight catch and shoots he just didn't do it he took five shots outside 17 feet he it, it, it just that's not what he does. So, I mean, that's how limited his offensive game is. Now, maybe in his workout today, we'll find out something else. All right, so you've got Pirtle Davis Ellison. Your next guy is Scott Labassier, and there's huge question marks about whether he's got a love for the game and a zest and a work ethic. He's got unbelievable skills, and he probably can shoot um, and uh, and stretch it a little bit. And he's got, you know, God gave him a gift with that body, and you just... It's, it's hard not to see that and think that, you know what, I, I love it, but there is a real question of why didn't he play more, why didn't he do more. Does he have the, the, the zest and the fire? Mike Schmitz didn't necessarily think that was a problem, but that's, that's a big question mark on him from a lot of people. He wasn't good on the pick-and-roll as the roll guy last year. Uh, he shot 41%. He was well below average as a pick-and-roll guy last year. And on catch-and-shoots, he shot 37%, so as much as we're talking about him as a shooter, and people think he can really let it fly. You know, he's 8 of 17. Okay, then you got Sabonis. Sabonis is 6'10". He's got no reach. I'm just being negative for the sake of negative, but I think this is important to kind of walk through. You've got Sabonis, who's 6'10", and he's got uh, limited reach, so he's not going to be able to play 7. He's not athletic enough to get out and switch on 4s defensively regularly. It's a real question of how you're going to play him defensively. He's not as dad as a passer. He's a nice player. He's got great angles. His motor's incredible. There's reasons why every single... One of these guys is draftable at twelve. There's also reasons why. What I'm trying to say is that there's you you can have real hesitation. On a lot of them. Ante Sizich, I don't know a lot. Thonmaker, we don't know his age. is his experience, though. Okay, then you get to the wings, and you get to Denzel Valentine, who's a beautiful passer. He knows exactly how to play. He's 23 years old. I, I really question where he's gonna be able to defend. Like, who, who is he gonna be able to defend? Um, I like him more as the time goes on, because frankly, I can very fundamentally put him into a position, know what he's gonna do on right circumstances. I think he'll be able to close games. And, and so you can look at him and when all these other guys I'm looking at and I'm saying, I I don't I, I, I can't I don't know where to put him. I don't know what they can do. I don't know if they have this skill. I don't Okay, I got everything that Valentine is and isn't. I don't have any doubt of him. It's what you get by him being older. Uh, I don't think there's a great upside. That's a little concerning. I do wonder if he's gonna be able to defend it all. Uh he shot well this year, he didn't shoot well before, uh, which is concerning. There there's you know, right? So if we're being uh, i, I, I don 't think he 'll bust, but at times I watched him and wondered if he was Kendall Marshall, which then he 's not surviving. Um, I think he 's better than that because he 's a passer and he 's bigger but frankly uh, you know I think he 's a backup one who can play in closed games for you as a, as a wing player in the right matchups if you can have him all right Furcon cause. Kaz- Korkmaz, I've talked about the great release. He's also incredibly weak. No one's sure whether he can defend. His contract's a little bit of an issue. He might be two years out. Then he's to play the Dario Saric game. Wade Baldwin's the guy I probably like the most of anyone we've talked about here. And you've got some questions on him off the court, or not off the court, but in the locker room, personality issues. He's really, frankly, not a very good shooter, though. Uh, as much as I like his downhill and I get excited about him playing in space, here's a guy who... Uh, did not shoot uh, particularly well last year. Uh, he's, his pull-up game is, is is uncomfortable at best. His three-point shooting game uh, might be okay, but probably could improve and likely would improve. He's only got two years in the league. Um, and, and his interaction with his team, his understanding of his role, I think is a real question. Like, he didn't do that well last year. You've got to interview him, sit down with him, and understand uh, whether or not uh, he's going to be a guy who – you know, I don't think he's a bad guy. He comes from a very interesting family um, and in any way, but I think he didn't deal with being a leader very well last year. You ask him to be a leader. Is he capable of being a player? Is he capable of playing in a lower usage rate? Um, those are, those are real question marks. And again, these guys all have question marks because of the fact that that's why they're going 12. But, you know, uh, spot up shooting by Baldwin's 33%. Pick and roll ball handler shooting is 32%. Isolation is 38%. I mean, those are just numbers. None of those are wow numbers. You know, I can get excited about the fact he's going to have more space, but if he shoots 38% on jumpers, uh, he's really actually very similar to kind of where Russell Westbrook was coming out. But I don't think he's Russell Westbrook. I don't think that's a fair number to go, you know, that's what he wants to talk about. Um, his catch-and-shoot when unguarded is a 63% effective field goal percentage, so that's not bad, but his jump shot's off the bounce, 26 of 76. Uh, Malachi Richardson, uh, the athleticism's incredible, the body's amazing. I think he shot below 40% on twos. Go find me, guys, who shot below 40% on twos. DeJounte Murray uh, is just this incredible body and player, and I've got a, uh, and in the upside, he doesn't know how to play. You got to make sure that you got everything aligned off the court with him, and make sure that he's he's all clear. Uh, and so you. J- and then the last is Malik Beasley, Beasley, who I probably need to do some more work on. Um, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm just being. This is kind of where I left last night. I'm looking at all these guys. I begun to watch all of them. No, I don't have my Trey Lyles this year. I don't. I'm, I don't have the guy I love. Uh, if Dionte Davis shows some things in a workout today that I haven't seen before, I might suddenly decide that. He's the guy, uh, but it, it's it's as we get to this point, it's certainly interesting to kind of have this feeling, uh, which I bet if we went back and looked at I'd have every year. But I just kind of want to walk through negative definitely with intention of negativity today. Uh, not because I'm just bitter that I'm not at my daughter's golf tournament, uh, to show you that there, there's just these guys. Now, Pirtle's the one who I didn't really dig into enough. I probably got to watch him more. You know, the one problem I have with Pirtle, and I bet you some Ute fans might disagree with me on this, is the few times I've watched Pirtle against NBA players. So against Sabonis uh, would be a good example. I, I'm not sure he was the better player. You know, it's the same thing I feel like when watching Michigan State with Valentine, it's so hard to go find games where Michigan State actually played pro players. The one thing on Davis that's nice is he's actually going up against a few pro players. They played Providence, they played Louisville, they played Kansas, uh, they played Maryland, and those are all have pro players at similar positions to him, and so you can look at that. You know, with with Purtle, the one thing I. The, the numbers jump out to me as and he's, as 11, legit 70. And I think, hey, if Purtle's on the board at 12, the Jazz have probably got to grab him. Uh, I think that's the right, the right guy. Now, the one thing that worries me a little bit on Pirtle, or actually that doesn't worry me, is how good he was on the pick-and-roll. a pick-and-roll guy. He's really, really good. Um, and that, I think, is exciting. Now, can he stretch at all? I don't know. They just didn't use him like that. And so, is he just a, is he Jonas Valanciunas kind of player? Is that what he is? And maybe that's fine if he can, he can do that. I mean, he took, uh, You know, a grand total of like four jump shots the entire season. Um, He didn't show much of any isolation uh, offensive moves. They ran the ball through him, and he touched the ball a lot, and he seems comfortable with that. He didn't wow me. But I haven't dug in on him. Um, Probably should. Uh, It doesn't feel like he's going to get there, but there is the scenario. The scenario right now on the draft is coming down to what is Toronto, not Milwaukee, uh, 9, 10, 11 in the draft going to be. And – that, that I think is the, the question that I don't think any of us know is, is who does Toronto, Toronto may, Scott Labossier is, is probably the shoot the moon prospect at that point. Maybe it's, it's too hard for them not to take him, uh, at nine. Ellison is a stretch four. Uh, maybe it's too hard for them not to take him at that point. Uh, and so Pirtle, kind of with they, since they have Valentinus gets lo- lost, Milwaukee has John Henson, uh, they really need shooting badly. Korkmaz is the best shooter. I don't know if they know they can get him over or not uh, and whether he'll come. And then Orlando's sitting at 11, and I don't know if Labossier's already gone 10 or if Allison's gone 9, then they maybe go Labossier. And then and then Jakob Pertl is on the board, and that, that gets hard. Now you're making a decision problem between Pertl and Davis. And on the wings, unless... There's someone that has wowed the Jazz that I don't know about. You know, you're probably making a decision uh, between Valentine, Baldwin, Murray, uh, and Murray's. Uh, you know, just whether he's who he is and whether he's, you know, together enough to 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 believe that you want to invest seven years into him or whatever it is. And and now you suddenly that's where you are. And if it's and then maybe you're just in a simple decision of Pertle or Davis. At that point. Uh, or Sabonis. All right, that is your tip-off story of the day. Uh, just kind of, I just, I don't know. I don't. Maybe that wasn't the best. Uh, game six is tonight. Uh, here's the thing that's interesting. Uh, no Bogut matters. You know, uh, he he might not. He, someone's got to still play those 15 minutes, and and their other bigs have not been good. And they the Cavaliers may have figured out that they cannot corral LeBron or Kyrie Irving on drives. And this goes back to the NBA scout talking about the fact that you have got to have Kyrie Irving being Batman instead of Robin. And maybe that's exactly what we're going to see, is that Kyrie comes off these pick-and-rolls, makes Steph defend, and Kyrie uh, or Clay Thompson defend, and and pick-and-roll and see if the big is able to bring it to him. Now, watch early how often Draymond Green gets on Kyrie and if he disrupts the game because that's the difference between what they had uh, with Kyrie the game before not having Draymond. Uh, the other one I think is important with LeBron and the jump shot is LeBron has only played 20 games since April 11th. April 11th, that's 60 days plus. And maybe he's just healthy. And that makes an enormous difference in what's going on. Uh, Tip of the hat to Craig Sager, to Doris Burke, and the ABC crew also for kind of obviously facilitating that. So that'll be really cool to see Craig uh, tonight. That is Locked on Jazz today. No trade because I didn't think I was doing a podcast. So hope you're well. Thanks for tuning in. uh, And thanks for for all of your support. If you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz or Locked on NBA, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Thank you very much.